In a world of what are yous, welcome to the place where the answer is always human. My name is Natalie and you're listening to Some Kind of Brown, a podcast about mixed and multiracial life, current events, and ways to build the best life by a southern girl who's trying to figure it out for herself. Welcome to another episode. On today's episode, we have another story time with my own casting dilemmas in high school, and we'll also be talking about casting on a larger scale and some scandals that are happening right now in Hollywood. As I've mentioned before, I went to a mostly white high school. What I haven't mentioned before is that I was in the honors choir, Chamber Singers, and took part in musicals put on by my school. They had just started doing musicals in my junior year of high school, and the first show we did was Once Upon a Mattress. It's an absolutely hilarious show, and if you're into Broadway and musicals, I recommend you check it out. There was only one problem. There was no opportunity for a role of a person of color overtly in the script. We were shown the movie from 2005 with an all-white lead cast. There was one main black character, but he played the jester, and that opens up a whole different can of worms that we won't get into today. This was no Rodgers and Hammerstein's Cinderella, known for their colorblind casting. Heck, in the movie, the queen, played by Whoopi Goldberg, was black. The king, played by Victor Garber, was white. And their child, the prince, was played by Paolo Montalban, forgive me if I mispronounce that last name, who is Filipino. Did I mention that Cinderella was the fabulous Brandy, who is black? That show and movie has a special place in my heart in my childhood, and I've always loved the diversity. I should also note that the casting for Once Upon a Mattress in my school was before the days of Hamilton where colorblind casting really became a hot topic in musical theater. So the casting for our school's production of Once Upon a Mattress followed the casting for the movie. This could have been unconscious or because of the fact that the students involved in choir and theater were mostly white just because of the student population. But listen to some of the casting calls from Backstage, a website for casting calls from companies all over the country. This one in particular comes from Wilmette Center of the Arts in Illinois. Princess Willifred, lead. Alto Mezzo Belter, low A to high D flat, an outspoken tomboy, not sophisticated from the swamps, but highly intelligent, a breath of rough-around-the-edges fresh air, comedic powerhouse. Ethnicity, all ethnicities. Queen Agravain, supporting. Alto, low A to B, every bit the overbearing mother figure to both her son, Dauntless, and her kingdom. Queen Agravaine isn't going to let just any princess up and take her son away from her. Loud and sly. Ethnicity, all ethnicities. Lady Larkin, supporting. Soprano, low D flat to high A flat. Traditional lady-in-waiting, romantic, idealistic, but resourceful, has strict ideas about courtly behavior, in love with Sir Harry, but unable to marry him due to Agravain's decree. Ethnicity, all ethnicities. You get the idea. While there is a monarchy in this show, the race doesn't matter in this particular musical. It's a comedy, and anyone could play the part, provided they could sing the required material and act. I ended up in the chorus and as one of the maids for a scene, but it was my first musical and that didn't bother me. And then came along South Pacific in my senior year. When the casting was announced, I was over the moon. Not only was there an opportunity for lead and supporting roles for people of color, I was familiar with the musical and was dying to play Bloody Mary. She's a typical village crazy lady, but she has some amazing lines and sings two of my favorite songs in the show, Bali High and Happy Talk. Yes, the whole musical has some problematic elements, but I had no concept of that in high school, so I auditioned. I got the callbacks alongside a half-Chinese, half-white student who was also in choir with me. Let's call her Leah. Leah was a really talented singer as well. 
and we were both sopranos. And while the character should technically be Polynesian, there was no one in my school from that ethnic background, according to my knowledge. And according to a UK-based casting website like Backstage, women from various ethnic backgrounds have played this character before. So we get to the callbacks, and they're all at the same time, so everyone who got a callback was there. I do the new audition song and monologue selected, and I knew I nailed it. But when the casting was posted, the role had gone to Leah. Now me, being a slightly salty 17-year-old, went to the director and asked why I hadn't received the role despite receiving positive feedbacks in the callbacks. This may not have been kosher, but like I said, I was salty, I was 17, and if it had been a talent or technique thing I needed to work on, I wanted to know. The answer I didn't expect was that yes, I had done better in the auditions, but Leah was half Chinese and he thought it would be more authentic than my white, black, and Native American self. To be clear, I wasn't upset at Leah because she ended up doing a fantastic job. It was just that I wasn't the right kind of brown for his idea of the character. In the acting musical world, you can be rejected for any sort of reason. But at 17, I was crushed. The irony of the situation for me was that my younger sisters were considered for the role of two half-white, half-Polynesian children who had somewhat supporting roles in the show. Apparently, they were the right kind of brown. It was a hard moment for me in high school, and just another experience where being multiracial was confusing for me. I ended up playing with the background Polynesian women because I was one of few people of color in the cast, and also one of the female nurses in the chorus. The female nurses, mind you, were white. So that was another source of confusion for me. However, I did have fun in the musical and it was a good experience for me, but it left me with a sour taste in my mouth. And I will always remember this experience because it was one of those eye-opening moments for me that there wasn't necessarily a place for me in the world, or so I thought. My younger sister ran to a problem of her own when she got older and auditioned for the school's production of The Sound of Music. She got the callback for one of the Von Trapp children, but didn't get the role because the children were selected on talent and also to look the most like siblings. My lightly tanned sister didn't blend with the rest of the white family. She took the rejection in stride and had a wonderful time in the chorus, but I just can't help thinking about the impact of these kinds of things in a high school production and the effect it has on kids. I'm sure we weren't the only ones who experienced these things, and I hope that my school has transitioned to a more Hamilton approach to casting so that more kids can have the opportunity to shine. There's proof open casting works, and I believe a high school production is the perfect place to explore it. What made me think of my casting dilemmas in high school was the recent controversy surrounding the casting of Anna Diop as Starfire in the upcoming live-action TV show, Titans. Unlike my own high school race drama, there really should have been no problem whatsoever with this casting. Starfire from the original DC Comics is a female alien with orange skin. No one has orange skin. Anyone from any racial background could have played this character, and yet the internet went absolutely crazy. Luckily for us, BuzzFeed saved some of the hateful comments on Anna's Instagram post announcing her role because that post has since been deleted. We have such wonderful comments as, She's too fat and too dark for Starfire. I'm not racist. Just look at the comic. Starfire is more orange than black. The actress should be Latino instead of black. I personally didn't know that Latinos were orange. That's certainly news to me. My favorite comment was, Stop reaching. The photo below is Starfire. What DC is giving us is a streetwalker with a hashtag social justice warriors ruin everything. 
Apparently, casting a black woman as an orange alien is just a move for creating diversity where it isn't welcome. But it is welcome, and more, it's needed. Hollywood has produced a number of whitewashed characters where there should have been people of color. This is much better than a white woman playing a mixed Chinese and Hawaiian woman, if you ask me. The comments and hatred led to Anna deleting most of her Instagram posts and disabling most of the comments. It got so bad that her fellow cast member, Minka Kelly, jumped to her defense in an Instagram post. She wrote, I would like to take a moment to acknowledge how proud and excited I am to be working alongside Anna Diop. In my humble opinion, DCU Titans, the DC Universe, and all of their fans are lucky to have her talent, her grace, and her beauty on board. While the abhorrent racism in this country seems to be going nowhere anytime soon, hashtag Nia Wilson, the dignity, strength, and couth my friend continues to exemplify in the face of it humbles and inspires me. That so many racist cowards would take the time to attack her Instagram so that she has to shut off comments after having already shut down her entire account once before over this bullshit makes me feel rage. Though I also feel a small relief knowing how strong and thick-skinned Anna is, I know she will be okay. It takes zero courage to sit in your lonely dark room spewing your venom online while protected by your anonymous faceless accounts. I cannot begin to fathom the courage it requires every day just to exist as a black woman in this country. Hashtag Chikesia Clemens. Let alone to also have the audacity to fight for and follow your dreams. I bow to you, Anna. I can't wait for everyone to see the brilliant work you've done. Shine on, my love. You are a queen, and all the people who matter know it. Hashtag I stand with Anna Diop. As far as Anna Diop's comments on the situation, she said, Too often social media is abused by some who find refuge in the anonymity and detachment it provides, misused as a tool to harass, abuse, and spew hatred at others. This is weak, sad, and a direct reflection of the abuser. Racist, derogatory, and or cruel comments have nothing to do with the person on the receiving end of that abuse. And because I know this, I am unfazed. But for anyone out there who may not, I am here to remind you that whatever ugly and negative thing anyone ever chooses to say about you is always a reflection and revelation of themselves. It does not define you, and it certainly does not make you any less perfect than you are. I love the way she responded to all the criticism, and if I ever face something crazy like that, I hope that I can respond with the grace that she has. It's mind-blowing to me that we're having this conversation in 2018, but it really shouldn't be. While there are many in this country who are trying to expand the ideas on race and make more places for people of color in the entertainment industry, the backlash is just astounding. I hope that these are just growing pains and that things will change in the next decade. Change is coming slowly, but we are challenging decades of ideals and things that people have just accepted to be the norm. I'm interested to know what you think of the whole situation, so head over to my blog post at somekindofbrown.com and let me know what you think. Thank you for listening to this episode of Some Kind of Brown. We have new episodes every Monday, and you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Some Kind of Brown. Be sure to check out somekindofbrown.com for show notes and more information. Thank you to purpleplanet.com for our theme song, Love Life, and I'll see you next Monday with some more Shades of Brown.